On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer-fueled sports show. Here's your hosts, Rob Christie and Matt Robinson. Off we go again on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. As the good woman said, my name is Matt Robinson. His name is Rob Christie, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Vibe Town. Can it? Vibe Town. This is the second week in a row, man. Just stumbling all over. Im- what is this? Imbibe Town. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of that going on, right? This is episode 943. You'd think I'd have the intro down by now. How's it going? Top notch, Matt. Top notch. And listening to that intro, it made me think, how many people were thrown for a loop? Last week with the two shows on the same day, I think that I received a couple of messages saying, hey, what's happening? Is there two shows? Yes. Is there two shows today? Yeah. And I don't remember. I Like, I think we said that off the top. No, we didn't actually. We got to the end of everything on, uh, at the end of the first one. And then like, you know what? Let's just, let's just leave it here, regroup, and then come back with the usual sports stuff and, and everything else. So. Yeah, I kind of get it, right? It's it's unusual that we would throw down throw down two to start the week, but there's a lot happening, man. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And, and you want to talk about a lot going on right now. Mm. I was, I would say shoveling my laneway, but my, you know, my laneway is down to, was uh-huh. pristine. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, the end, mopping of, it. the end of the, yes, <laughs> sponging it. Yes. Um, no, last week when we got, I don't know, five or seven centimeters midweek last week, the plow came around and I live on a crescent. And so there's a guy who lives across the street and I'm on the corner. The guy across the street drives a big black pickup truck. Who yep. Never parks in his laneway. Oh. Parks on the street at the end of our laneway. So, and then somebody just down to the left of us had their car on the street. So the plow comes around. And he can't get through. Right. So he's like, fuck it. He just backed up, did a 52 point turn. Yes. And went back out the other way and left a big ridge of snow right there at the end of my laneway. <laughs> so I had to shovel part of it to get out, but. Yeah, and did you have to have words with your neighbor or. Well, I th- he was also a guy flying a Canadian flag here. Oh yeah. I think we mentioned that. At the beginning of, uh, at the beginning. Yeah. The first day of the blockade, then took it down. Good so, call, buddy. Yeah. And, and you know what? I got no problem with that. Yep. We figured out what this really was and, and carried oh, on. Oh, not for me. But anyways, so. 
I now have, there's an absolute lake <laughs> at the end of the laneway, not on my laneway, yeah. but, uh, cause you know, the drains aren't done, but it's 11 degrees today. I, I came over here in shorts and sandals yep. and a hoodie, loving it. <laughs> um, I know it's early, but I, I, you know, out of a car, into the studio, out of the studio, into a car. It's not like I'm, if I had to walk around anywhere, cause it's. Yeah, and it's going to be a mess. Like this week, it gets back to zero, so now everything freezes over, and yep, we'll see what that all uh, what that now, looks like. Now you know what? I am a bit bummed. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Saturday night. Um, what are you drinking here? Oh, sorry, am I am I am I bothering you here with my? Well, because uh, I haven't cracked mine yet, because I'm waiting to get to that before you start. Taking well, I just stuff. I just finished an imperial stout in the uh, in the green room in the green room. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm less. I'm yeah, less anxious I'm, and I'm more, I'm more lubricated than no, you are. I'm have. thirsty. Yeah, all right. Um, what you just heard and you're now hearing me pour into a glass that hopefully is not going to foam up on me <laughs> like the Imperial Stout did out there. I am drinking, a, and I, I was sure you had had this before, but you had said no. I am drinking Viva La Stout, chocolate raspberry cookie stout hmm. from Viva. I believe Viva is the name of the brewery. Yeah, no, I don't think I have had that before. And obviously I've said that somewhere since yep, you're, uh. Cause I said, all right, then I will, I will throw it down. And so I've just poured it and I'm getting a big pile of strawberry, which, which is weird for a raspberry beer. <laughs> that is a little odd. Yeah, for sure. Um, Chocolate so you don't rasp- know anything about Viva or where they're from or out of. I don't, or, yeah. I don't, but this comes in at 5.9. So I'm going to throw it on top of the 9%, <laughs> um, Stout I threw down out in the green room and, so uh, Stick around for the later portions of the yeah. show. Everybody gets well, a little blue. Op- and, and opinionated. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm into something I've had before, um, but just once on the podcast, I think this is from our friends over at Nita and I was going through the fridge, trying to sort through everything. What do I got left? What's, what's here? What's kind of piled up? And, uh, I remember after I got back from Christmas, I had, I'd bought some stuff, uh, during the, I think it was that first week of the. The Ottawa occupation where needed decided they were a dollar from every pint they sold was going to go towards the Shepherds of Good Hope food bank. So I ordered a bunch of stuff that week because I'm nothing if not a sucker for a good excuse, right? Yeah, buy more beer. My drinking is going to help somebody today. Uh, So this is that uh, Tears of a Sasquatch. Oh, which yeah. was the final day of the, the advent calendar this year from Nita. And so it's a sort of a cross between their Perfectum Stout and their Mr. Brown has gotten coconuts. Um... I can remember, I don't know what the difference is necessarily, uh, and maybe it was just state of mind, state of lubrication, as you pointed out. When Andy was in here at the end of November, and we had a few talking about the calendar and the industry, all that sort of thing, um, this beer had a lot more coconut to it. Yeah. I thought than when I had it on the 24th, where it was sort of a hint of it or a... Agreed. Yeah. I, I didn't, and so my younger brother was over at Christmas and we both took down the final couple of days of his calendar and yeah, it, it, it needed to be way more. Like Mr. Brown goes coconut. Heavy. That is, oh, yeah. yeah. I've been punched I'm bringing it. Yeah, by the coconut. Yeah. Whereas I didn't get that at all. So it, I did get it when he was here at the end of November. I didn't get it on, uh, on Christmas Eve and today I'm getting it again. So is it how it was stored? Is it a different batch? 
no idea how these things work, but it is a little more coconut that, again, still nothing like Mr. Brown in terms of its power, but, uh, yeah, I think we're at about 6% here, if I'm not mistaken, uh, doesn't say, but that's what we're doing. What did, what, what struck you on Saturday night before I so rudely cut you off? Well, and just, I haven't had to pull in this beer yet. Okay. Since now you've pushed me in that direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm getting, I haven't had a pull on it yet, but you, a lot of chocolate raspberry coming through in this, right? Just in terms of the smell of it. Right. The bouquet. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a pull on it and I'll get back to you on my Saturday night. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, episode 942, man, it, it, I, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was a little surprised. Pile of, of downloads, pile of feedback. Mike Wilner from the Toronto Star and Andrew Stoughton, uh, both have been on before, uh, Andrew from the batflip.ca, if you're not familiar. Uh, also both fellow podcasters, Mike Wilner with the deep left field podcast and, um, Andrew Stoughton with the blue Jays happy hour podcast. I feel like Stoughton might be treading a little close to our, 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 our deal here, but that's okay. We like him, So we'll allow that pile of downloads on that pile of, of reaction talking about, uh, the lockout that's going on in major league baseball and how it's impacting the Blue Jays, where we're going next. If you haven't had a chance to check that out yet, that is episode 942. It's up now at tallcanaudio.com or wherever you're hearing this on your podcast app. It's the next one back down. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, check it out because those guys brought a pile of insight and uh, not always not always optimism. And normally I'm the pessimist on the show, but uh, I don't think they're expecting baseball anytime soon. I gave you shit there a couple of weeks ago for saying that it might be July before, uh, before games got up and going. And as we signed off on that episode, I said to those boys, you know, we'll get you back on when there's games being played and we can talk an actual, you know, real baseball game. And Wilner said, well, then I'll see you at the all-star break. So. <laughs> All right. See? How's the beer? Uh, you know what, Matt, if you've never had this, mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's, it's very, now it's, it's, it's quite cold, but the chocolate, it's got kind of a... A, a sort of a smooth chocolate, you know, kind okay, of, yeah. A, yeah. And, and a, and a light raspberry taste. Like it's actually quite tasty and a little refreshing for a stout. It's not, it's not heavy or cloying in any way. It's, it's actually, it's actually pretty good. Nice head on it. So I, I am so far very pleasantly surprised. All right. Viva la stout. Raspberry chocolate cookie stout. <laughs> Not as sweet as I think as, as you may like. Right. But you and I differ greatly in that. I, I, I don't mind a little. Give me a little bit. Yep. But I want, I want it to be a stout, not okay. a milkshake. Saturday night. Saturday. Yeah. Oh man, Saturday. Doing burgers Saturday night. And in my house, that's mm-hmm. a homemade all beef burger for me. Yeah. Couple of Beyond Meat burgers for... So first of all, that, I find that name antagonizing by the way. Yeah. And oh, most people, most people, most people do. Yeah. I get it. Let's not get bogged down. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's wow. My, Did that just happen? That's my deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, First thing I did was, okay, this my- is the first time that <laughs> those instructions ever come this way across yeah, right. the table. <laughs> well, they don't normally come the other way, but they should, I think is what you're really saying. Um, but I needed to, I needed a slight defrost on my burger before, cause it had been in the freezer and the, the, 
the pad on the microwave, which I, I honestly, the microwave gets used for nothing in the house. It, it essentially is a clock. Right. So the one time I want to use it, the, the pad's not working. Okay. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? New propane tank comes home and I get the instructions. Please be careful hooking up the propane. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want your face to end up in the next yard. And I'm like, I've done this a hundred times. Oh boy. This story ends with his face in the don't, next yard. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Anyways, short story long, I couldn't get the thing going. It, it, I threaded it on, but then I'm like, where is this wire hanging from? <laughs> I've never, and I'm doing it. It's just now dark, right? And I'm uh-huh. like, ah. Anyways, the, the 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 queue would not light, so I'm like, Psh, I had to pan fry the burgers. Mm. Sucks. <laughs> so I may need a new barbecue. I may need a new microwave. Okay. <laughs> and leaving leaving the house this morning with this huge thaw, I'm down in the uh, in the basement, and I'm like, there's a little water on the floor. Oh boy. But I don't have, there's no sump. It's not like I'm, yeah. but it's coming Taking from on water. in behind the furnace water heater. And I'm like, oh, f- f-. anyways, that's what's happening, man. And I'm like, are you kidding? That is mm-hmm. a couple of thousand there. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> it's worth keeping an eye on. I am sort of trying to keep a lid on the, uh. On the angst that, that revolves around potential foundation issues. Yeah. What's the, the barbecue brand? Oh, this is a, this is a, a it's Weber. It's old school. Okay. Well, no. Weber's a good, uh. Yeah, no, it, it, this is a 15 year old barbecue. Okay. And the, the igniter still works. Yeah. Like, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. But it's, it, but it's time. Like, that's not a crazy. It does not owe. Right. A thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And so we were kicking it around last night and going, the, the question was posed to me, would you, would you think about going with, with coal, like charcoal? Mm, it's nice stuff, but it's a pain. Well, and, and I'm like, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. And then I, on the way over here today, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I was thinking about that and going. No. I talked a pretty big game, but uh, <laughs> I don't think I really need all that for, like really, I do burgers, I do salmon, the odd sausage or hot dog. Yeah. That's all I ever do, right? There's no rotisserie. There's, I'm the only person that eats anything beyond fish in the house. Yeah. So it's not like I need all the bells and whistles, but this was like a $1,200 barbecue originally. Yeah. I don't, I'm not replacing it with a similar, Hmm. but I, I would, I would want a decent, like I said, I don't need a second rack. I don't need rotisserie bars in it. I, you know. Yeah. There's shit that I don't need. I, I, I don't want to buy it at the Loblaws. I will go to a barbecue place. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. We had one of the, the eggs, right? The charcoal. Oh, the green egg? Yeah. We oh had that up God. on the deck at the cottage at one point and it, fuck, it's heavy too. <laughs> like once it's up there, it was staying up there. But again, until you moved. And somehow I think my dad bought one and then won one later on. So there was Shut up. two of them, like some shitty draw or something, right? Not he shitty. Didn't, those are expensive. Yeah, but he doesn't care at all. Like he doesn't oh, okay. love that flavor or that style of. Yeah. So it was like every now and then we would and he would endure and, and do it for us or whatever. But yeah, when we were moving out of that cottage, like. Like having to tip the egg. Like you've been there. Yeah. You're going down these narrow little steps off yeah. the top deck or through the house with it, right? Yeah. 
guess what? It's coming through the house because that yeah. thing was heavy, man. Well, and those stairs, good stairs, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. But your ass is probably about as, as much as it really wants to hold at one time. Yep. Plus you, another grown man. Then you throw another grown man Plus an and egg. the green egg. Yeah. yeah. No, we're going through the living room and out the front door. Well, this is, and so <laughs> when, uh, I don't know, 06, when I moved out to south of the city, the place I bought my pool was also a green egg distributor. Okay, yeah. And honestly, we used to go in and I'm like, yeah, this is the size pool I want. I want the 28 foot blah, mm-hmm. blah, this is... And, and then I spent the rest of the time back looking at, at the green Barbecue, eggs. Barbecue, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, honestly, I wanted one so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they also carried a, um, a line of rubs. It's called, oh, butt, yeah. it's called butt rub. <laughs> and so it was awesome. Like I said, put that, I put that shit on have, everything. Yeah, yeah. Potatoes, you name it. And it was awesome. But yeah, a green egg, that's a real sort of. But again, you the know, guy who did all the barbecuing in our house couldn't have possibly cared less. But meanwhile, he was the guy having to. Be there well, doing and it. and the, they're selling. And they're like, well, you can make non bread on this. You could do all. Yeah. You're like, it's never going to happen. Yeah. No. You're going to make thirty burgers. Yeah. Well, or I was just going to say, this is it, right? Yeah. He's not out there. Pops isn't out there making some non bread. No. <laughs> He's out there, like I said, having to take care of everyone else's company that's, yeah. that he didn't invite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your mom likes company. Mom loves company. Yeah. Dad, I, not so much. Yeah. Dad could take it or leave it. Yeah, no. Dad, dad, sit, dad, dad did everything he could to move to the middle of nowhere and people yeah. kept finding him. Well, so. but, but you can't move to a place on a sweet lake. No. The, the middle of nowhere and has whatever. to suck too, right? Yeah, like no, it's, exactly. <laughs> you, you can't make it enticing for people to want to be there. Right. Um, yeah, your asshole kids keep bringing their friends. Yeah. I picture the sliding door and then your dad is somewhere over to the left in that chair in the yep. corner, just sort of. It's about uh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good chair. Yeah. I get it, man. And, and he looked very content in it. Yeah. Um, where do you want to start, man? There's a, there's, the, why don't we start actually just because I, I thought this was interesting down in, uh. Down Mexico way. Down Mexico. You and Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, man. On Saturday. Uh, in a game between Quartero, Quartero and Atlas Guadalajara. Good for you, Matt. There was, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this idea that, that this happens from time to time, bit of a soccer brawl. And, uh, it's ended with 22 seriously injured <laughs> or, uh, I think 17 in critical care. Um, not a ton of detail on what started this, but it doesn't take much during a, a good football match. And they they got to a point where they were like opening gates onto the field so that people who didn't want to be part of this fight could escape, essentially, right? Get down onto the field, get away from the craziness. You had people pulling knives on each other and it got a little intense as as soccer games tend to do in, in Mexico. I mean, you're seeing all the usual calls now that... Maybe Mexico should have to play an international game or two behind closed doors, which is FIFA's big punishment normally. To me, what happens in your domestic league yeah. probably shouldn't pour into that. I, I don't know. I agree. What is the most, and it's uh, it's going to pale, I'm sure, in comparison to this. What is the most intense sports atmosphere you've ever been at? Or 
or even if you weren't there, you were watching a game going, man, this thing could go off if this doesn't go the right way. Like, have you ever been in a play? Like, you've always talked on here about Leafs versus Sens games just suck because uh, Leaf fans are are assholes. And, and I kind of get that. Like, there's a certain amount of, especially Leaf fans from out of town. Hey, I'm on the road. I'm not going to run into anybody I know. I'm going to have a bunch of $12 beers and, and start some shit. And maybe Sens fans who have season tickets or whatever don't want to bring their kids to that environment. But ultimately, hockey's full of wannabe... Hockey fans are full of wannabe tough guy, yeah. whatever. They're, they're happy to unless yell. Unless you're in Philadelphia or Boston. Punching out Leaf fans yeah, after like, a... Well, and people, yeah, like honestly, <laughs> I remember seeing that video of, of a Rangers fan at a Flyers yes. game. Where, and and, and the, the, the title under the video was... Another Rangers fan in the blender. <laughs> and yeah, there's like 15 people pounding on this guy in a Rangers jersey. Seems a bit much. Yeah, but again, this is a guy who not only is showing up in that jersey, who's who's shouting and, and being an ignoramus, right? And you're way up in the cheaps. Yep. Um, so your argument here is he deserved to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody needs to get have 15 guys pounding on you. Two but, or three is enough. But you... You do sometimes bring this on yeah. yourself. And, and, and again, I, I don't think that's ever, when I go to a sporting match, that should be the result. Do but you know you, who Ron White is? Do I know who Ron White is? Yeah. That stand-up comedian for a while was part of the blue-collar comedy thing. No. Anyway, he has an old bit. He's talking about being thrown out of a bar. He goes, a bouncer comes, out, comes up, grabs me, throws me out onto the street, he goes, I am familiar with that. Three or four of them are advancing upon me. And he goes, I don't know how many of them it's going to take to kick my ass, but I know how many they're going to use. <laughs> and that's <laughs> handy information to have. He said, it's time for me to go. Right? Okay. <laughs> All right. And you know what? It's, it's, it's handy information for him to have, right? That's I mean, what he meant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. I'm saying it's, there's four of them. Probably, probably gonna be four. It probably only needs to be one, <laughs> maybe two. Yeah. If I'm if I'm wily and a little squirrely. Yeah. Um You ever been to anything where you're like, this is about to get ugly? I was at the Fla Flu in in, in, okay, yeah. in Rio de Janeiro, uh, which was jam-packed. That is Well, explain to people what that is. We're not uh, all that's, familiar that's, with it. It's it's Brazilian soccer, so local teams. Yeah. Fluminese and Flamenco. Right. Um, and it gets to be a heated rival. Rivalry and and so all in the same stadium. Like all they in share the same a stadium. Sta- yeah. yeah. Now again, they shift, right? You have to you buy your tickets in in zones, color zones, and you go on the side that you're, and then you shift with the team at yeah. half. Your supporters all sit here, and then we move. So they and sit try and keep our, it out yes. of the way, but Good there were people shouting and spitting. <laughs> there were pushing and shoving. Nothing ever broke out. Right. But to me, the whole environment. I came with my own anxieties about. South American yeah, soccer to begin with. And so you walk in and then the drums are beating up under the lip of the stadium. It's like, doom, doom. All the time. Through the whole game, there's this, and people are just so passionate. That's yeah, got this like Roman honestly, Coliseum yeah. feel yeah, to it. This like. is it, right? And you're like, and people are like, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy next to me or two down from me. He's like, he's yelling and, and, and gesticulating and he's spitting everywhere. And I was, yeah, I was like. Man, buddy, <laughs> like in my, in my most passionate, I, I'm not that passionate. I, I, yeah. I think it comes with the temperature. I'm not entirely sure. Right here, <laughs> here in the Northern climes, we get to be, uh, now I've been at games where there, where there've been fights. Sure. Um, 
But really, I, I got to say, um, pretty safe. But yeah. we've all been at places where you feel that, where where it just something happens, and and then everybody that that her that herd mentality yes. where it's like it turns fast, man. Ears go up, yep. right, and everyone's looking, right. You have that feel that's that gun <laughs> goes through, and so. I've never really felt, I felt that in bars. I yeah. felt that at, at parties where, right. you, where suddenly the, the atmosphere sort of shifts and you feel like oh boy, it's no longer, it's no longer super safe here. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, you, and so I, I can't really say short of, short of being at, uh, Americana yeah. stadium in, in Rio de Janeiro, um, you know, where I didn't see a fight, like I was at a, a Senator's. Yeah, Habs game. It was two a Habs drunk game. assholes. Yeah, and, and then there's some shoving, and then somebody gets sort of punch slapped, and <laughs> and and then he's walking out, and you're like, ah, loser, <laughs> and you're yelling at him from like five rows away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, never, never anything where there was potential stampede quality, and people are waving knives around, and yeah, yeah no, no. Well, see, and and to me, you want to talk? I, I was at a. For you, you'd be familiar, I guess, with the uh, the Hastings area. Yeah, uh, I used to go every every uh, four times a year: May long weekend, Canada Day long weekend, Pacific. August long weekend, yeah. and, and Labor Day. The Sunday, they would have a, a party that would start at midnight on the Sunday. Okay. And where's this? Obviously in Hastings area, but just just north of Campbellford. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, south of Campbellford. Sorry, right. south of Campbellford. So not north of seven, <laughs> south of seven. Okay. But shit would get defend his people here. Shit would get <laughs> very tribal. <laughs> shit would get hairy there at, at about three in the morning, right? Yeah, of course. Like, because people would be people would be would be taking it down, and yeah. So I had a I had a lacrosse jacket that I'm there. It's May long weekend, and somebody got yeah. There was there was a couple fights broke out in this tight crowd. And yeah, somebody got stabbed. I had blood all over the <laughs> sleeve and, and he just walked by me. Yeah. Bleeding. But you could feel again in that, in that tight, when, when people are packed in like that. Right. Yeah. That's, it's, it gets to be, it's very primitive and it's scary. Well, the only thing, and it's, again, it's nothing like what happened, um, at this soccer game for me, but I was at a Jays game at home opener, uh, 06, Roy Halliday versus Johan Santana of the twins. Good matchup. They honored Tom Cheek before the game. Ah, Tom Cheek. And uh, it was eight or ten of us that went up. And I'm sort of aware of it, but not really paying attention. As you kind of work your way in, there's my buddy Mark, his girlfriend Melissa, then me, um, then my buddy George, and somebody else. Like, there's we're all sitting in a row. And at the far end of that row with my other buddies, like Miller and, and whatever, they're lipping with guys two rows down. And I'm sort of aware of it, but you're not really paying attention. I don't know what started this, why they're upset Was with like each other. Was like a good nature to start with. It almost always is. And so we're sitting there going through this, and then it sort of dies down, and no one's really paying attention. And maybe around the fifth inning, people start like kind of gesturing for us to stand up, right? Like we're on the aisle, our group. So this happens over and over throughout the game. People are coming in and out, right, from the bathroom or the merch stand or whatever. Well, we're not paying enough attention. These are two guys that have been lipping with our buddies further down the aisle. And they're now. Wanting to get in the aisle? 
wanting to get down, like, in from the aisle to get down to our bodies. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, we, cause we're just not paying attention. Can I hold your coat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why don't you go down and punch my buddy in the face? <laughs> so they slide by us, and now there's a bunch of yelling, and now everybody's paying attention. And it does sort of turn into this thing, but like your seats and a step up are behind you yeah. and a railing is in front of you. So you are in extremely tight yeah. quarters. There's no place to go. Right. And so those two guys are throwing punches at my two buddies that are the furthest in. And so those of us kind of behind the melee are trying to pull the guys we don't know Ow. off of them. Right. And things are getting stupid. Like the, I said, my buddy and his girlfriend are sitting to my right. She is repeatedly punching me in the back while I'm trying to help her Now, luckily, <laughs> she's like 94 pounds and it's a nuisance more than it's a... But at some point you're like looking up, could you stop? Like, you're not helping. Yeah. And so, yeah, we pulled them out. They got thrown out. Our two buddies got thrown out. Like, it was a... We stayed for the rest of the game because... Fuck, we didn't say yeah. anything, right? Like, whatever. We'll see you goes. later at, well, and at you a know couple what's different happening. bars. From, but the, from the beginning of the game, this is whatever the, whatever interaction is happening, then a couple more beers yes. are happening, and somebody down was like, that fucking guy. That, I'm going to fucking, fucking show yeah. that fucking yep. guy. Yep. And he's stewing in it. Whatever's happening, right? And so I got one buddy. I can remember, because the next morning, I, I went to school. I, I, took, uh, I was in radio and whatever. So most of my buddies are in the media school one way or another. And so a few of them are TV guys, a couple of them are broadcast journalism guys, whatever. And so unfortunately throughout the evening, people are taking out different video cameras and whatever. So the next morning back at the house we were all living at in, in Belleville, we're, we're digging through the night before. Oh yeah, that's whatever. And one of my buddies who, for, for his own protection, I, I won't use his name yep. here. But he was talking, yeah, I know we fucked those guys up. We whatever. And someone accuses him. You didn't do shit. You turtled. You were letting them, like, yeah. they were reaching over you to punch us and you did nothing. He's like, fuck that. I was involved. I was yeah. whatever. And All right. And so we go through all the video and we can't find any evidence because obviously you're not filming while you're getting punched in the head and whatever. Yeah. Somebody is. At the end of the night or the end of that day, we decided to go down to um, the, the closest sports bar. There's Krabby Joe's right at the end of our street. Yeah, Perfect. More, more beers are needed. Yeah, obviously, man. <laughs> Hair of the dog, right? <laughs> For sure. So we all go to get our jackets on to walk down there. And his jacket is a red and white coat. And the white back of it is covered in blood, which proves pretty nicely you yeah. turtled. Yeah. Other people's yeah. faces were bleeding down yeah. on, on you. you. <laughs> yeah. And we, everybody's pointing and laughing. He's like, what, what? And he takes it off. He's like, oh, fuck, right? And didn't say anything. Just, all right. I guess that's it. So, yeah, yeah. not particularly soccer, riot, whatever. But uh, that's the one. I, I just laugh because we all let them go, right? Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Like, you, they were just working their way back in from going to the bathroom. So, no, they're going to punch your friends in the face. Yeah. In well, and, and I've been in, I've been in many a... Especially nobody grows up in Peterborough and doesn't get into a tussle or two. The odd fight outside of a bar. Yeah. Um, but I'm here in town. I've 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 moved here for university and my cousins were already living here and I you know, I, I, I can't say it's how I ever went out with them on a regular basis. But um I met them downtown and we went to some bar. I didn't like the bar. Um but my, my younger cousin, who's probably 20 at the time. He's like, I'm going to fight these guys. I'm going to fight this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? Like I haven't had enough to drink. I'm not enjoying myself yeah. enough, but I'm like, I'm oh, like, what's he? He's like, I, I don't have know. to fight too. He's like, I just don't like that guy. And I'm like, what, what, what do you do to you? And he's like, I don't know. Nothing. I just don't Stupid like him. And I'm like, all right. 
So they run into each other out in the street and the, and a fight starts. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever, right? There's probably four of them and there's probably five of us, but one's a, one's a, a buddy's girlfriend. Yeah. And so it's happening. The fight's going on. It's just the two of them. <laughs> and, and so I'm sort of, I'm holding two different guys, just, just a hold of their jackets and they're holding me, right? It's not a, I'm not like holding them off, but we're just sort of like, Hey, okay. I'm not involved. You're not involved. Yes. Right. And so we're sort of pushing, but laughing a bit. Like it's just nothing. This, I don't know where this woman came, this girl yes, came from. It's she, always, came, man. she came right up in between the two of them and she smoked me right in the face. <laughs> Bam. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What is happening here? But that's what this was, man. I got this f- fury of tiny fists into yeah. my back from, hey, friendly fire here, man. Yeah. Like, well, this was unfriendly and no. it was direct in my face, but. Uh, she was about five feet tall, 90 pounds and just, and those, she was, let me at him. Let me those at are him. the worst because yeah. those are like little man syndrome, you little Napoleon types. Yep. There is the female. And you're always going to have to answer for them. There is the female version who is yeah. also firing it up yeah. and, and never going to have to throw a punch for real. No. Or take one. Or take one. It's <laughs> yeah. you, man, all the time. Yeah, so sure. I could have punched her at that moment. Like, could you just yeah. get out of here? A little elbow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. She was the one, God love her, on the way home. We had all paid and split to to rent a limo. One guy worked for a limo company in the summers and cleaned them. So we got a sweet deal and split on it so we could. Uh, so the night's over, got people with bloody faces and drunk and whatever. And we're it's like, like prom night or anything yeah, else, right? Or weddings, we're, whatever. We're headed through Scarborough or whatever. And she's the one who pipes up the only woman in this group of 10 or 12 guys. Let's hit the strip club. Like, All right, let's do that. Oh, right? man, I was wondering what those. It's a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. In Scarborough. Hey man. There's us and the dancer's boyfriend are the only people in this place. Yeah. It, it, and it's it, time to just go home. If man. it rolls around to midnight or one, it doesn't matter the day. It doesn't no. matter whatever it is. And you've had enough beers. You've gotten into a fight. <laughs> Everything is on the table, man. At that point, no problems. So as you know, me and a couple of my buddies, we grew up North Oshawa next door to each other before ending up down in Belleville at school. So we stopped there for the night, right? We're, I'm taking a bunch of people crash in my parents' basement. They're taking a bunch of people crash in their parents' basement. And that'll be the end of the evening. So at the, there was a bar before the strip club. And again, everyone's had just way too much. We're in this private, like I'm sure it's normally like a small banquet room or birthday room or yeah. whatever at the front door. And I was like, oh, that's a cool Guinness sign hung on the side. Mm-hmm. That's coming home with us. Of course. But it, it's not just hung on. It's like nailed into the wall in four places, but it gets pulled out, taken out to the limo anyway. Then someone tries another one, Nick gets out there and then we get asked to leave. Yeah. Fair enough. So the next morning we're all over at, uh, next door at my buddy's place for breakfast. His mom's God lover, 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning, making bacon and eggs for a bunch of drunk college kids. She's got, and someone has left these signs on his couch. She's like, Where'd you get like the, the beer signs? Those are pretty cool. And I remember one of my buddies, despite how hungover we were being really quick, he's like, oh, we went to this pub and we won them. Like there was a great little contest they had. And she's like, oh, that's really cool. Everything's quiet for me. And she goes, normally they're not covered in nails and drywall dust when they hand you stuff you want. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> well, the place is closing. <laughs> they're raffling off stuff. It's true, ma'am. We're good to go. You gotta be quick. Yep. You gotta be quick. Come on. So 
I don't think she was buying our story. No, clearly not. But you thought she was. Yeah. Yeah. All the right. state of the NHL, man. You had uh, sent sort of a, a vague topic over, and, and there's always hockey talk on this show. What has caught your mind at the end of another week in the National Hockey League? I, I, I just... Did you enjoy Saturday afternoon Senators game? Not at all. Um, it had its moments. Like, it wasn't without its charm. <laughs> yeah, no. So for people who missed it, Arizona goes up for nothing. People are melting down on t- Twitter, right? As sports fans do. We're going to get shut out by the worst team in the league and all these sorts of things. The lowest scoring team in the NHL per 60. Ottawa comes storming back, makes it 5-4. Yeah. Arizona jumps up, makes it 6-5. And what did it end? 8-5? 8-5. Without an empty net goal. Worth noting, because it's not, it's not a small thing. Back-to-back four-goal outbursts by the, the Coyotes interrupted by a five-goal outburst by the Senators. Fucking wild, man. Yeah. And, and, and that actually, the Senators portion wasn't like, to me, their defensive coverage is atrocious. Yep. Uh, interesting to hear one of the reporters hit DJ with that question in the post game. And he said, no, defensive zone coverage isn't our problem. Oh. It's the transition. It's the, it's the two on ones and the three on one breaks we allow. Mm. So... Neutral zone pickups. It's possible to have multiple problems. What, at a time. Uh, for sure it is, man, and, and for sure it is. And when you're when you're trotting out Josh Brown every night, yep. and it's just Zaitsev. It's anyways. <laughs> there, there's a pile of things happening there, but it, it was really there was a, a couple of questions that I was left with after I, I watched till the end of the second period for Colorado and. Calgary. Calgary. That was a barn burner Saturday night. So it was three three final. I don't know what it finished at. Do you? Calgary win in overtime. It was very early in, in overtime. Yeah, I, actually, I, now I can't remember who won in overtime. Yeah, so I shut I had it, moved over to the fights. Like okay, I, said, I shut it down uh, at the end of the end of two and it was 3-3, three, three, but yeah. it was, there was a, uh, Mc, uh, what's that guy's name? I was going to say McDermott. McKinnon? Uh, <laughs> no, the, the fighter, Lucic and, uh, oh, I I, I'm sure his name was McDermott. Okay. But they fought for, it took about 50 seconds, man. The fight was just going and going and going. <laughs> um... But first, yeah. yeah, first in the Central versus first in the Pacific could be a Western Conference final. Uh, uh, sign me up for that. Yeah. I want to see some of that in a playoff series. But no, I, I'm, I'm looking around and, and, and there, was so, there was so many things that sort of caught my eye in, first of all, you look at, I got, I got a message from uh, my friend, the, the Habs diehard. Okay. Who said to me. Dominic Ducharme has cost Cole Caulfield the Calder Trophy. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, neither here nor there. But you look at you look at what he's done. He's cost the Habs a lot of things. I don't know if that's yeah, one yeah, of them. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really it just comes down to what Suzuki and Kof, and Caulfield have done since the coaching yep. change. Um, and you look at those guys. They've won seven of their last eight, I believe. I think they're up to eight and nine, actually. Okay, and so. You look at that, and how many Habs fans were in Edmonton last night? It was loud. It was loud. Yeah. Uh, not dissimilar to, although slightly more, than when Vancouver scored, scored that empty net goal. In Toronto. I was surprised by the number of Canucks fans in Toronto last night, too. It's almost, uh, it's them in Montreal that are the loudest. Well, who are these Canucks? Like, who? Who else outside of the, you know, southern mainland out there is? Like, in Toronto, though, like, 
you go there for work from all over the country, right? Like it, when I, I've only been to maybe two or three Vancouver, Toronto games and I was always blown away by how many Vancouver, that Montreal, you expect it, right? And the rest of the Canadian teams have a presence. Uh, Honestly, if I'm being real, it's probably Calgary that seems to be the least, which I don't know, maybe, or maybe isn't surprising, but Ottawa, um, Winnipeg and Edmonton all bring a bit of a presence and then Montreal and Vancouver are, are yeah. very loud in Toronto. So I was surprised by that. Uh, the, the other stat, the other takeaway, the other fun fact from that game, Jack Campbell, seven of his last 14 games, allowing five or more Five goals. or more. Woo! The I Leafs th- have given up uh, 25 goals in their last five games or something like that. And they're, or in their last four games, they've given up 20 goals. They're 2-2-0. Two, two like everybody talking about, you got to outscore your problems. They're doing their best, right? Like yeah. they're scoring now. Big part of that is the ten spot in Detroit a week ago. But yeah, man, oof, like it was not a last night. If I'm being real on Campbell, and we don't need to stick here because we've done this before, but he wasn't the problem last night. There was some weird bounces yeah. last night, but he wasn't good. But he wasn't like oh my god, like he's been. Right. Some of these nights, but he's kind of lost the benefit of the doubt a bit, right? Like where you'd go, ah, fuck, that's off somebody's skate. And, uh, right. that, like that it, one that went through him, if you're hot, yeah, every goalie's going to let a couple of those in. Right. Right. But when you are scuffling. Yeah. One of them, Mitch drops scuffling. a stick. It goes off his skate. Yeah. One goes off. Like, you're just sort of like, I don't know what he's supposed to do about that, but because you're sort of at your end of your rope with him, he sort of wears it a bit more, right? He, that's another night where he's given up, like you said, five of... Since December 1st, the Leafs are top five in almost every defensive metric and dead last in goaltending yeah. stats. So. Yeah. And, and so it's it's the, you look at in, in their last five games, the Coyotes, uh, they, they beat Ottawa, who cares? But the night before, two nights before, they beat Colorado. Colorado. They beat Vegas. Yep. And they beat Dallas. Yep. Like you're like, what is happening there? You look at the run, the run the, the Habs are on. There's well, just it, a yeah, it just happens, right? Every team, every year gets hot for five, eight, 10 games and has an awful five, eight, 10 games. And then the difference in the league is what you do with your other 60 games, 65 games. Like it, it's, but I, like we talked a little bit last week about Montreal and how they had gotten hot. Like, I think at that point they'd won four in a row or something like that. And it was like, I don't know, maybe it's the dead cat bounce, right? Or every coach gets a little bit of a surge when the new guy comes in and they just continue to, to like, I, I'm, no one thinks they're going to come back and make the playoffs or even make no. that interesting. The, the hole was dug way too big, but are we wrong about how bad this team is? No. Oh, good. I, I don't think we're wrong. <laughs> like you look at the Hamburglers now gone on the IR. Come right? on. Like he came in to replace the three guys that were on yeah. the IR. Yeah. And all I'm saying is you go, ah, nice story. Had his little bit in Ottawa here. Sure. Probably the and, end of and, his career. And if you look at. Craig Anderson up it, to win 297, 298 against Toronto. Oh, and, see, uh, yeah. And that's back-to-back nights, man. And, yep. Of, Good of, for that guy. Of the Sabres getting their, getting their business done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you look at. You know, if, if Montan Bolt was going to be your guy moving forward, then oh. yeah, sure, man. Maybe the cup is yours next year. I have, I have no idea, but I don't think anybody has any vision that that's going to be the case. Right. And, and in theory, Price and Allen come back. 
And is that all this is? Well, is the rest of the team fine? You listen involved? to guys who are writing or, or covering that team on a regular basis, most of them will tell you the odds are that Carey Price never plays another game for the Montreal Canadiens. That they're eating, hmm. sa- eating salary. Five and a half. It's going to have to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think. 50% I th- of that. Yeah, I think it comes down to, yeah, I would take, if I was a team like uh, Edmonton, and, and 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 Montreal was willing to eat three to three and a half. I think you got to do that. Well, don't you have to trade both of your goalies to well, make that hey, work? Koskinen's like, off at the end of this end of this year. Yeah. And you got Mike Smith for one more year. So yeah, if you can, if you can, I don't know if they have room. Yeah, but well, right there you do. I think if you get rid of that, comes off the books. Anyways, I'm just saying that to me is one of those places where you go. That's a team that could. That would that. make sense. I'm, I'm not denying that. I just don't know where else he could go that like even there's not many goalies that make over $5 million, right? Like, yeah. And all I'm saying here especially is, especially in their mid thirties coming off a knee is, injury. Is, and yeah, is I don't think price plays for them again either. I, I I'm leaning that way. I, I'm not saying that's a guaranteed, but, yeah. but to me, yeah, you're looking at Allen and you're looking at Primo and, or Montembeau, one of those things. And Montembeau was a, was a waiver pickup. Yeah. Right. Much like Scott Wedgwood, who. Yeah. Was standing on his head, but if you look standing at on his head, giving yeah. up five, yeah, I know, and it, it was really, and it's like it's like one of those things where the first goal, he Matt Murrayed it. Like I don't yeah. know, if, I don't know if he's going to try. So this and, is back to the Ottawa Arizona yeah, sorry, game it's for exactly. people who don't know so, Scott Wetzel, yeah, sorry, the Coyotes, who's, who's played for New Jersey, Jersey. Arizona, yeah. New Jersey, <laughs> Arizona, right? He's played, yeah. he's had four different stops in two different cities, yeah. Um, but yeah, he tries to catch it slash knock it down and he just fires it between his own legs more or less, <laughs> right? That's, that, that's the source, sort of starts to build that comeback. Well, which um, one was it? Was it 4-4? Four, four? Ottawa had, no, it's the tying goal. Hey. Ottawa had made it 5-4 when yeah. Matt Murray goes out to play it or not. Yeah, we call that the Craig Anderson okay. in Ottawa. And just sort of comes out, sort of gets distracted with the four checker and then just kind of leaves it there and yeah. like... Shabbat, I believe it was, looked yep. pissed, right? Yep. Like, hey, either stay in your net or do something with that. Because yeah. we just stormed back to score five and you just gave them the tying goal well, right back. And that's, and and watching it, and I was watching it on, on, on delay as I normally do. Yeah. Um, there's zero energy in the building, which could have been a home game here in Ottawa. Yes. There was zero energy in the building, even at four nothing Coyotes. Yep. That first goal goes in and it's, it's a muffin. Yep. Right? Like it's just sort of thrown in there and, and you're like, woo, look at that. <laughs> and then it's a power play goal. And you could see the balloon is getting filled. Yeah, Otto was feeling it. And then it gets the bench, the third goal goes in and the bench is fired up. Of course, we're doing this thing. And then in the third, within the first three minutes, bang, bang, and you're up 5-4 and, and guys are jacked. Yep. And then Murray does that. Game and, over. And you're like. <laughs> we're just going to give this back to you. Pop. Yeah. It's just like no slow, you know, deflating. Yeah. It was totally the balloon popped and it just went bad. But (laughs) Nick Schmoltz setting a franchise record against you. That's a, well, that's a badge you want to carry around. And I think they said, and it's, it's, it's weird in the last 25 years, the only other two guys was seven point games. Matt, you want to take a crack at it? In the last 20 years? Yeah. One's Keith Kachuk. No, maybe that was probably before. That, yeah, that, sorry, that's before. That's who and that's, he and took that, and that's a, the record and, from. And I think he took the record of five-point games 
Keith Kachuk did it twice there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So no, seven point games in the NHL have only been done twice or by two different people in the last 25 years. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Yager. Okay. For the Washington Capitals. So we're oh. talking late 90s. And I, 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 it was either Eberly or Gagne for. It was uh, Sam Gagne. Sam Gagne yeah. for Edmonton. That's right. Against the Ducks or something weird like that. I, yeah. But if you look at. And just how things are shaking out and, and Toronto, we talked last week or two weeks before about them being percentage points wise mm-hmm. right there. Um, and, and I am fixated on, <laughs> on the, on the top three in this, in the Atlantic division, right? Boston now is, is, is closing. Yep. I, I would suggest. Um, and, and, and in terms of how, and Ottawa just going through that, that Florida swing, right? Seeing Tampa, seeing Florida and, and watching the, watching the, the Panthers play on, on the last game they, that Ottawa played with them late last week. I've never seen like ever in the, in the 30 years of watching Senators hockey, seen them dominated like yeah. they were, like they were by the Panthers. They had like 26 shots against in the first period. I, I was something. sure they were gonna, the Panthers were going to hit 30 shots <laughs> in the first period. And I, I don't But their goaltending has suddenly disappeared again, the Panthers. Like their numbers are awful too. Like that, it's a great team all around, but all of a sudden Bob's like, oh, what, is this an even year or an odd year? Am I supposed to be good this year? Or, That's the Craig Anderson theory. Yeah, am I a Vesna nominee or terrible this year? But you're right. Like there's moments where, and they, I think Toronto going into that Buffalo game, if they had won that, they would have tied Florida. Then you all of a sudden piss away two games to two non-playoff teams, and you're right, you're right back in the thick of it, right? Like it, it, those top three are fascinating right now, and and Toronto's stats almost across the board, defensively and offensively, right in the same ballpark as those as those two teams. It's just Tampa's getting now. I was going to say he's getting great goaltending, but they find themselves down two nothing on two shots to the mighty Senators as well, and that. Uh, in that yeah. game before they So worth noting find that Vasilevsky game. has twice in his career allowed two goals in the first two shots. Both Ottawa? Both Ottawa. <laughs> um, yeah, now they come back and win that game 5-2. And, yeah. and again, they were sleepy to start mm-hmm. and then they dominated, but not like Florida did. But I'm going to take this in a different direction when, when I say, I think if, if I'm Toronto, if it's, if you my- You want Tampa now? No. If my options are Florida, Tampa, and Boston, I think with the way Toronto's built, I want, I maybe want to take my chances with Florida. Well, we said that. Yeah. But a couple I, of weeks ago. But again, when you look at, at their ability. Actually, we said Boston, but if you have to have Tampa or Florida, you want Florida. And, and to me, it comes down to if you want to trade chances and Florida is very willing to. Yep. And if you look at. If they need somebody, they're talking about adding more forwards. Yeah. I'm like, man, you got Radko Gudis on your second pairing. <laughs> you need to, you need to pick up a top four defenseman. Now I know those don't grow on trees. Right. But, but Florida is very much, you look at their defensive numbers, they're middle of the pack. Yeah. No, they're not good. And like this became a thing. I don't know if you saw, uh, Dom Lustician from the athletic put out his current based Don, on. Don hates my team and I am not. I know. Yeah. I, I don't read Don. When he's put out, uh, based on his numbers and his model only, the top 10 nominees right now for the heart. And Jonathan Huberdo wasn't on it. Uber-do. 
So Alan Walsh, oh, Uber put out, agent. Put out a cartoon or? Yeah, no, nothing, no sword through the chest quite like last time. But he started chasing on him. Like said, this is how, um, like he quote tweeted Dom and said, uh, this is how you know when you're completely out of touch if you don't have Jonathan Huberto. And then puts a bunch of your fellow writers from The Athletic have contacted me to say, you're a joke. Like, okay. Now, many people on the other side of things rally behind Dom and go back and, and whatever. But Dom's model is all, it's all it is. It's just numbers, right? Yeah. Your numbers say this, they don't right. say that or whatever. And Huberto, as you're pointing out across kind of the team, is not good defensively. Right. If you want to look at just value across all facets of the game on the Panthers, he's well behind Barkov. Yeah. And so that's all this. And but now he starts taking these personal attacks and, and, you know, Dom just replies and goes, well, I'm getting plenty of messages too from your colleagues saying the same. So I guess we're even or whatever. I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah. trying to move, move it along, but yeah. it becomes this thing. And it's interesting when you start to look at the top 10 for the heart this year, it gets crowded fast, right? Like Johnny Goudreau is in that mix. You got the two guys in Edmonton. You got Austin Matthews in that mix. You have Shistyorkin out of New York in that mix. Um, like it starts to, to fill up fat. We're all, um, Nate McKinnon, Nazem Kadri, depending on what you feel about that, like it's top cool, 10. Cool slightly, eh? Yeah, no, for sure. But just in terms of how do you want to shake that top 10 loose? Matt Murray. Oh, sure, man. <laughs> you know, it, it, it gets interesting in a hurry and, and just to watch Alan Walsh make it personal again on another reporter. And, yep. and so someone replied to Alan Walsh's tweet. He was the first guy in and he replies and goes, um, some guys are just so biased. They can't see the truth referring to everyone thinks Dom is a Leafs fan. Right. And he is, but his work is his work and you can take it or not. And Dom asked replying, go, you're talking to Huberto's agent. Yeah. If you want to talk about well, impartial. I, I took it to be a shot at, at, at Walsh. No, it was, he meant it like, and everyone's like, dude, you know who you're even talking to? All right. To well, right I now. think it's a well-crafted tweet, man, because sure. I think it works both ways. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, the Panthers are interesting and they'll, they'll trade chances with you, right? Like even the guys who have stepped Mason Marchment out of Toronto and Carter Verhage is oh, like, came out of the, but they're not good defensive players. They're just players who score in bunches and they come at you in waves like their depth is incredible. Right. Like there, there's a there's a lot of knob shining happening <coughs> right now, right? In terms of of the of the job that Zito's done. Yeah. And and people man, people panned that when he went down there, right? People were like, oh that's a terrible He's not going to do because well, we do this all the time, right? We don't want to give Dale Talon any credit because he's one of the hockey old school guys and whatever. But half of this is his yeah. work again, right? And, and and so you look at it, and then they talk about yeah, you, you said it, Verhege and and plucky Marchman off of the Marlies. They, yep. could, they couldn't get enough of saying that, right? That this is a guy right under right under Toronto. Yeah, nose. Toronto blew it. And yeah, and 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 a points per sixty guy who's right up there with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, you sort of, I, if it was, it was sort of be getting, I was getting nauseous listening to all of it. Um, like they're good, but like, like, let's see. Oh, Cause Duclair was on there. There was a bunch, right? Where you go, yeah, we've snapped these, all these reclamation projects up and, and, and fit them in around this, this core that struggled for so long, right? In terms of Mr. Underrated Barkov and. And, mm-hmm. and Ekblad finally making his way to the forefront. And, and the reality is good goaltending 
makes everybody look better, right? right. No, no matter what happens. And, and to me, as long as Florida is willing to swap paint and, and, and just chance for chance, you, you get a good team, a, a team like Toronto that's able to counter punch mm-hmm. and finish on some of those, it's not going to end well for the Panthers, in my opinion. Well, and a uh, guy comes on every spring, helps do the leaf preview, Jeff Vayette. He's pointing out on Twitter that, you know, all the comments right now on the Leafs are totally fair. Everyone agrees. It does not matter till the playoffs. But as we sit here and chug through them, every win comes with an asterisk and every loss is a debacle. That's where the Leafs are at right now. And, you know, we're expecting them to fail. And all of a sudden the Panthers whose streak of not making the second round is twice as long as Toronto's are, you got to build it like Florida did. You got to, can we wait and see? Yeah. Like, can we take a look at it in the playoffs once instead of go, now Toronto deserves the skepticism. Yeah, yeah. But, of course they do. But why has Florida earned the, oh my God, look at the fantastic, I know that's the point you're making is, but like, it, it's just funny to go, no, you're you're right. It's a, Cause, there's nobody, a knob shining going on right now. Because nobody cares about Florida is really what it comes down to, including people living in South Florida. Yes. And, um, late last week they had on just prior to the, the Senators Panthers game, they had on Randy Moeller. Yep. Color uh, guy down there or yeah, play by play yep. guy. Yeah. Uh, used to be play by play on radio, now color on TV. Okay. And, um, and somebody asked him well, here on local radio, you know, will this, this nice run of play, you know, w- will it bring back, you know, will it bring in more fans? Right. Right. To, to sort of fill the building, mm-hmm. right? Like this is somehow a taboo question, <laughs> right? And, and Moeller, now he handled it okay, but clearly guys in those positions are shilling for the team constantly, right? yeah. You are selling the brand and he's saying, well, we had 16,000 people in the building the other night for whoever it was, Nashville or I don't know. Right. And he's like, the attendance is, attendance is up. And you're like, wow, but your attendance still sucks. Like, don't, <laughs> don't treat it like. Yeah, 16,000 for a first place team that's this young and exciting. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and doing all that they do. And, and so the Senators, I understand the Senators, a small market team and not a great team right at the moment. Yep. Are not a draw. Right. But man, there was a pile of empty seats there for, as you say, for a first place team. Yep. Man, you, you, if you can't fill the barn with a team that attacks the way they do, that, that's why, because at the end of the day, nobody really gives a shit in South Florida. Right. So no, that's man, why it's... you go Toronto, man, in, in Toronto, everything is so micro yep. managed. It's, you're looking at everything going, okay, that's going to fucking hurt us. That's going to come back to bite us in the ass. Well, if nothing else, when you're talking about who Toronto wants to face, maybe Toronto wants to face the Panthers because those will be home games too on the road, right? Toronto will fill those, you know, Leaf fans will travel to Miami for a hockey game to, you know, now that they're able to, especially like that will be nothing like going to Boston for a game seven where it's loud and they're on top of you and they are intimidating and... No, we'll, we'll saw that off in the middle. It'll be 50, 50 Leaf fans and Panther fans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially once the, once the Bruins pick up Thomas Hurdle. Oh man. I don't know. That's not a match I want to see if I'm Toronto. We'll, we'll let, we'll let Florida play them in the first round. I'm just, 
yeah, Thomas Hurdle would would change things a little bit. But well, all I'm saying is, yeah, if you, if you throw Boston's him in, not, now I did say that last week and and kind of laughed at Jeremy Swyman and got a couple replies on Twitter with his numbers and go, oh, he's fucking pretty good lately, actually. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and I just yeah, to me, if, if you have. They're, they're actually they're all better than the Leaf goalies numbers. So <laughs> yeah, well, and it comes right down to it, and that's what it that's what the whole thing is, right? Mm-hmm. Where's the goaltending? Where's the goaltending at? Can I get a save, please? Yeah, the 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 Tortorella. I need more than seven fifty goaltending. Yes, John one Graham. out of every four going into the net. Sorry about that, John Graham. Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of things on the baseball front we could probably reference here. And before we do, if you're interested in just the, the nuts and bolts and the business side of it, like I said, episode 942 with Wilner and Stoughton went all in on the uh, the negotiations between the PA and, and the owners. But one of the things that they're talking about in terms of actual on-field plays is a couple of significant rule changes. And, you know, typically, I guess the, the thing right now is that the owners or the commissioner with uh, with some notice to the PA, can implement rules without their permission with a year's notice. And they want to be able to, A, change that to 45 days notice, uh, which is a substantial change, but also coming out of this to just put in a couple of new rules right off the, ho- uh, right off the hop as, uh, as they restart. And two of them, and I'll let you kind of choose here which one you want to start with or which one you have the more significant uh, opinions on, but... They sort of have looked at for a while and they've tested it in the minor leagues, a pitch clock in terms of how much time you are allowed in between pitches. And, uh, you know, they, they've seen the game getting longer and longer over the last couple of years. They want to shrink that down. And the other one is banning of the shift, meaning that, you know, if a lefty comes up, sometimes you move the shortstop over to the second base side or the first base side to kind of cut things off and play the percentages. They want to cut down on that as they try to increase offense in the game. And, and I mean, both of those are, are fairly significant. Do you have a take on either of them? Can I'm I sure say both? Do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'll, I'll make it quick on the shot clock, on the pitch clock. To me, you got to go the tennis, the tennis serve route, right? Once, once it's the ball has been, the rally ends, they give you sort of, you know, five seconds to reset yourself. Bam, the serve clock starts, 20 seconds. So apparently what's being pitched right now, for lack of a better term, if there's no one on base, you have 14 seconds. If there's someone on base, you have 19 seconds. And of course, the uh, the logic being, you know, you check the runners and yep. you, whatever else might be going on there. So you have a little more time if there's someone on base. And if you step off for any reason, the clock would would reset. See, the, I'd like to flip it. You want to give them longer with no one on base and shorter with someone on base? Correct. Why? Well, because uh, chaos. If you, well, no. <laughs> if you need a little more time, you throw to first, man. That is the. That's ah, the but you're going to be seeing that way. Like people hate that now. Yeah, I don't want more of it. I, I know, but people boo that. Like I, when I, my team does it, it's brilliant strategy. Yeah. When your team does it, it's because you're cowards. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I just think you can always use that as an outlet. Right, I'm shaking you off. We can't get together on the sign. Bam! I'm going to throw it first. Hold the runner. Hold the runner in air quotes. Yeah. Um, it's just over the last two years alone, the game has gotten 20 minutes longer. Yeah, and 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 the reality Fuck, is that's gross. Yeah, it is. The average game last year was t- three hours ten minutes long. It's too long, man. It's too long. 
And, and you know when you start to hear people say, I love that soccer is over in two hours. Yes. Bam, I can schedule the rest of my day around it. And you're like, yeah, okay, uh, uh, but I got to watch soccer for that to happen. <laughs> um, but, but yes. Uh, it's no hours long in some it, people's world. Exactly. It never happens. <laughs> it, it in NASCAR never happened. They right. never show up on my TV. Yeah. Um, unless it's Team Canada. I'm, I'm, I'm totally Team Canada, that. NASCAR. Um, it comes down to, I want a pitch clock, period. Get together. Make yep. it make it 22 seconds. Make it 18 seconds. Whatever it is, you need to have that shit happen because you need to speed up the game somehow because you are losing, you know, your fans under the age of 40. Yeah. Man, it's, it's, it's shrinking. Well, so let me say this. Because I agree with you, but the counterpunch would be, and Max Scherzer was interviewed earlier this week, and I don't necessarily disagree with his point either in that baseball doesn't have a clock. And this is one of the things I've always loved about baseball, right? I can't take the puck onto the boards and just grind it out and wait for the clock to expire. You don't beat me till you beat me right? That last out has to be recorded. At some point, you're going to have to come to me with something and I'm going to get a shot to hit it. I, I love that about baseball. Your strategy though, can't be to put me to sleep. But no. Okay. But why are we suddenly now putting a clock on elements of the game? If the game itself isn't subject to a clock, right? And I kind of get that saying, you know, pitchers, you're under a different set of rules than the rest of you know, like batters can step out of the box as many times as they want. A catcher can call for time or whatever. A pitcher, hey, you got 14 seconds, go. Yeah. uh, uh, It's a legit point. It is, but I think you need to, you need to limit those other things too. Yeah. And they say they're going to, but they never do. You have one chance to call for time. Right. As if if you, but usually what does a, what does a batter call for time for? You got to adjust my gloves. (laughs) Or, or what? He feels like the pitcher has taken way too long. Yeah, I'm in here now. I've lost my... Yeah, a, it's a, I, I've gone through my waggle. I've yeah. done all my bit and yeah. you're still fucking around. So yeah. I'm going to step out. Yeah. Like it, to me, they are connected. Yeah. In a lot of cases, the two things. But all the onus is now on the pitcher. Yeah. So if you look at all the things, to me, this is any time in anything, any workforce or any anything... If your answer to why there can't be change is because that's the way it's always been yeah, done. Yeah, no, it's a shitty answer. That's a shitty answer. We've always done it this way. Well, yeah. not anymore. Yeah. Well, you you used to only have four playoff teams. Right. You're now talking about 14. Yep. Which... I don't see, yeah, I don't see anybody <laughs> saying that's always the way that's been. No. There's so, money to be made there. <laughs> so, and, and money is, money is large still in baseball. As much as Manfred wants to say the money is not. Yeah. He's full of shit. It's huge. The point right to the Forbes magazine article where they talk about the problem is it's so regional, right? In terms of the local, the local broadcasts and the money that comes in that way. But over the last five years, for people who aren't familiar, the, uh, average team value has risen from 8 billion to 10 billion the average player salary has shrunk from 4.5 million to 4.1 million. Those two things should not be going in the opposite direction. Right. So there is a reason why players are going, Hey, we're going to get our share of this. Right. Um, but do we want, do we want Scherzer and, and Derek Cole to be the guys negotiating on behalf of the players? I don't really or care. is it that shrinking middle class? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, this is the way it always goes. You'll sell out the middle class in a fucking hurry if you have to, or well, the lower or, class. Or right? the, the young rookies, guys, right? Yeah. And you're like, all right, well, guess what? Sorry. The other piece of this. Okay, but just sorry. Where are you going with this? The other piece of the rules or the other rule change. Is the shift? Gonna, yeah. Okay, because the shift is, we've talked about this in the athletic article where year, a couple of years ago, they talked about what was the player's biggest beef, which was the shift. Yeah. And you're talking about a game now where there's so few balls put in play. Yep. So you're talking about home runs and strikeouts through yep. the roof. At the end of the day, you're like, is everybody getting eaten up in the shift? Is that why everything else is being lined out to the reality is since when did professional players who are the best in the world at what they do, we have to say, Oh, but I can't hit the ball the other way. So you shouldn't be allowed to load up the one side because you know what I'm going to do. Don't do that. I agree with that. I, I don't think it makes, I, I hate the shift. It bugs me to look at it, but it's just good strategy. That's all it is. The rules say you're allowed to do, you can put, if you want, you can put all eight guys yeah. or all nine guys out in right field. Like you, if you think that's where the ball's for sure going to end up, then have at it. But I don't like the idea of saying, nah, the shortstop and the third baseman can't end up past second base, right? right? You can't rotate around. You can't defend. That's all this is. This is trying to defend. And if you're tired of seeing a pull defense every time you get up there, learn to pull it or learn to hit the other way. Yeah. Like hit better. And that's to me all this is. Uh, to me, the, the pitch clock is a fundamental change in the sport that we've never seen before. The shift is yep. an evolution of coaching, is an evolution of the way you defend against certain hitters. This guy never hits to right field. He hits to left field 60% of the time. I'm going to pull our defense to that side or or the opposite or whatever. I don't want to see that taken away, despite the fact that I hate it, right? Like I, it, it just, it looks odd to me, but I get it. It's smart. Um, it, and, and it's just a different to, way of playing the game. You need to learn to, you look at Vlad Guerrero Jr., right? The number of singles he took to the opposite, to the opposite yeah. field. Just slap it away. Like it and just get yeah. on, get on base. Just, and that's it. And go, okay, I'll, I will take yep. the, I will take the opposite field single and yep. just get on base and keep the, keep the guys moving. Yep. And so. But don't you think like they're, they're just, they're just different. Like one is a, a a core change in yeah. the game. One is a strategy. Yeah. So to me, what I would say to Max Scherzer is, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but are you happy with the sport dying? Because to me, to me, what what a pitch clock does is it speeds the game up. It does. Yeah. And and to me, that is the single. But I, franchise values keep going up. I'm not sure if the sport is dying. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I got time for that, but it's it's dying for me. Okay. <laughs> I get it. Like I, we all I, have our own. Well, this is it. And now I have said, I am not a baseball fan. I'm a huge Blue Jays fan. Right. Um, I don't care about Cardinals and Cubs on a Tuesday night or even Sunday night baseball. Right. I don't care about Giants, Diamondbacks. Right. Nobody gives a shit. Right. <laughs> don't throw me any of, the, any of this Rockies Washington Nationals, like I don't, I really don't. Right. Um, 
But well, I then will, you're not the guy they're worried about. Yeah, but I will. But I will have every single Jays game 162 right of the year on in my house. Yeah, I, I just it's a hard argument to to have because I think there is absolutely an argument to be made that says this takes too long. It's way too long. And over the last 20 years, it's gone up over 40 minutes in how long it takes to play a game. It used to be two hours, 20 minutes. Like it was one of the things Jays fans loved about Mark Burley. They just brow mowing people down yeah, or not. I'm throwing it, yeah. But the game was over in two hours, 10 minutes. And I can remember him interviewed one night um, at the Rogers Center when he was a Blue Jay saying, um, like, I got to go. Like, I made plans with my wife. I think it was Garth Brooks or Tim McGraw <laughs> at uh, at the Molson Amphitheater. It was like nine fifteen. He's like, "We're going to catch most of that set, right? The opener's done." Like, <laughs> like, yeah. I had no problem buying oh, tickets because I knew this game would be over by nine ten. And oh, the amphitheater is a great place to see a, to see a show. Too. Sure, but uh, yeah, like it, it's just to me. The people who love the game, I think, love it as much as they ever have. We have as much young talent as there's been in a long yep. time across the league. But yeah, it takes too long. And so I think one of these rules, even though it is the more radical one in the pitch change or the pitch clock, is the way you go because that can help solve that issue. Um, banning the shift is just, I don't know, it just seems like sour grapes, right? Like, oh, I can't get away from this or I can't. I can't do it or right. I don't want to do it's it. It's just hard. Right, well. it's, it's it's if I want to have the proper bat swing, the trajectory has to be right for home runs or right. whatever it is. I can't do that and and slap slap a single the other way. Right, right. So to me, despite it being the more radical change, I'm more open to it than the the banning of the shift. Yeah, like th- and it's but it's to me it's really interesting. I can't I can't say it enough. Right, it's funny what you're willing to as a as a as a traditionalist. What you're willing to accept, but you're, and then other things you're not. Yeah. And like you said, the, the argument, well, we've always done it this way is a shit argument. It's yeah. And, and the reality is if you're willing to allow more teams into the playoffs yep. so that more teams are in it, i.e. more money coming in because there's more fans in the stands for longer is good for the game. I can only think a faster game is also going to be better in the long run for more people. Uh, our buddy Andrew Stoughton went through, did the math. If there were 14 teams into the playoffs in the 2000s, the Jays would have made the playoffs seven times. And all of a sudden we believe JP Ricciardi is a genius. No. Well, <laughs> like last year there was a, basically only one team who was above 500 wouldn't have made it. And I mean, that's what you're talking about. You're just shy of half the league, right? Is right. You got 81 and 81 teams sneaking into the playoffs all of a sudden at 14 teams. I don't know that we need to expand it any further than they already have. If we have to, 12 well, is the number for me. 14, like, okay. I don't know. And when we look do- at the NHL and the NBA and whatever, 16, it's a lot, man. Anyone who's even half decent gets in. I don't, I liked that baseball was, it was hard to make the playoffs. I don't want to go to 14 fucking teams. Yeah. See, I loved it as two division winners. Yeah. In each conference. I get, like, I love that. When you were a pennant winner, that was something legit. Right. That's why you played 162 games. Make sure the best teams made it. Now it is whatever, everybody's in. Yeah. And so I get it. But then let's do away with the one game playoffs. That's stupid. 
What what are we doing here? Well, again, I'm with you, only in the sense that if we're going to play 162 to determine these are the best and you get one game, your pitcher blows it or you just yeah. have a bad night, you're out. Fuck. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it, that to me is, yeah, go to a series. I can, I can get behind a three out of five. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something. Right. Cause that, that speaks to total team build. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm behind that, but, and, and I understand that the way I like it isn't going to work because the dollars in the sport, I mean, yeah, we, I don't want to be out of it by. <laughs> it's funny, eh? Now that the Jays are likely going to be good enough to make it on merit, we're finally yeah. going to expand. Yeah. When we could have used those fucking spots yep. a pile of times yep. over the last 20 years. But I get, you want more money. I don't want my team to be out by the all-star game. Sometimes right? I get, you go two and 10 out of the gate. Yeah. It's done well, for a lot of teams. That's like, what we talked about last year. Yeah. You know, he's saying, yeah, you know what? You have to stay in it through April and into May. Cause Yeah. You don't make the playoffs there, but you can certainly be yeah. out of the playoffs there. Yep. Agreed 100%. So it, Hey, max 35 million or 40 mil, whatever 40. you're making this year. Just throw the ball. Fucker. If it's good for the game, just throw it quicker. You can do it, man. I know you're the best of the best. <laughs> do it. Uh, before we get out of here, we'd be remiss. I suppose if we didn't touch on the only real story still continuing to go on in the world right now, um, you know, we got some feedback last week. People enjoyed that we talked about it. People enjoyed that we hit both. Some people were looking for an escape. So uh, if you're just here for uh, for the silly shit, we'll see you next week. Um, let's talk a little bit about the real world that we live in right now. We're another week into this fucking thing. Where are you at, man? What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and before we get full on into that, I watched on, uh, on Netflix last week, last Friday night, I watched something on Netflix called Winter on Fire. Yep. Have you seen that? I haven't, but I've been hearing everywhere that I should. And it's, it's a, it's not uplifting, although it is uplifting a bit, <laughs> right? It's, it's the, uh, it's the Ukrainian revolution of 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for me watching it, it was a, it, it, it sort of puts what's happening now into, into frame nicely. Um, just in terms of, of the meddling in, 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 U- in Ukrainian politics that the Russians have had forever, really in, in terms of puppet presidents and, and the revolution involved people saying what started out as they wanted them to join the EU mm-hmm. and, and the president at the time saying, ah, we're going to, sorry, I said I was going to do that, but we're actually going to go this way. And snuggle up closer to Russia. Yeah, back. We're going to, instead of going, moving west, we're going to run back east. Yeah. Um, but what I was left with in watching it, and, and to me, was after seeing the occupation here in, in Ottawa, was you have people in Ukraine, in Kiev, who are, who, you know, their, their rights are minimal you can have everything you own taken for no reason in, in, in a supposedly democratic society at the time. So when this protest started, it started with the occupation of public spaces in Kiev. Prior to 2014. Uh, late 2013. Yes. And so what you had was a peaceful protest, um, protest that involved 
you know, cars ringing the exterior of it, honking their horns incessantly. You had the people singing the national anthem because this is front of mind what they're fighting for. You had people telling the police, the, the riot squads, you know, join us. We're doing this for you. And the echoes of what I saw here in Ottawa. Yeah, that it, sounds oddly familiar. It sickens me. Yep. It sickens me more. And it honestly, it, it, it pushes me to outrage that the people here would sully or drag what happened in Ukraine in 2014 mm-hmm. and the echoes of that really into the sludge and into the mud. And when you have something so, so legitimate happening there, and again, we talked about it before, right? If you think that Justin Trudeau is a tyrant, yep. you don't understand, right? What tyranny is. So uh, it's worth a watch. It really is. It's um, it's sad. It's um, it's a triumph of of the average person, and uh, and I was ashamed a bit by the end of it. I was aware of 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 it, but not to that extent. I right. think there was so much about that that I was that was eye opening to me, and I am not oblivious to the news. But yeah, people dying and and the the conflict in the streets. It was, yeah. I just, it's, it's worth a watch. It's, um, I found it enlightening, but yeah, sickened, sickened by some of the comparisons, the shouts of freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Those are people legitimately looking for freedom, for freedom and, and, and really. They're not trying to avoid a moderate inconvenience, yes. like wearing a mask yes. or. So not, you know, trying to avoid persecution for, well, anything for wearing a purple shirt or an orange shirt on the street. Right. So yeah, I, I was, um, like I said, enlightening and enraging for, for multiple reasons. So, um, winter on fire worth a, worth a look. And, and again, I think it helps to, to fully understand for the, for the, for the lay person, right? Which let's be real. Most of us are like for sure in terms of completely what understanding what's happening over there, what these people are going through. You're seeing a video that was uh, a story on <laughs> Saturday about an 11 year old kid who had walked by himself because his parents had sent him to the border with a phone number, a little bit of food in a plastic bag and a phone number written on his hand for when he got to Poland. You are seeing people from across Europe show up at the various borders with their own vehicles and signs in in Ukrainian saying, you know, one room, two rooms, whatever, like this is take you to safety basically, right? Like people are showing up in their own vehicles. You're seeing videos in, in Berlin and Hamburg of trains rolling into Germany and announcements being made in Ukrainian, you know, look for people in the orange vest. They'll help you find a home. They'll help you find somewhere to go. These were well over a million refugees. Yeah, the, Already. The, the people showing up in, in Berlin at the train station saying, I'm just here to take whoever. Yes. I got an empty bedroom. We got a basement yeah. apartment. We got a whatever. This is, uh, I, I gotta be honest with you, man. I took some shit for suggesting last week that we're taking this one more seriously because the people coming out of it look more like. North Americans than the ones coming out of Syria or Afghanistan or Iraq. 
and maybe that's why we're less upset about it. Also, just in terms of our alliance with the United States, they were the aggressors going into Afghanistan or Iraq, as opposed to, in this case, defending Ukraine, right? And, uh, and being on the defensive. Unfortunately, and we'll drop some audio in here, you are seeing reporters and journalists saying it out loud that this is a civilized country this is happening to. Right. This is what... On TV, didn't expect a war like this to happen in, let's say, certain neighborhoods. This is not a developing third world nation. This is Europe. These are prosperous middle-class people. These are not people trying to get away from areas in North Africa. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. What could be a difference here from other conflicts, you know, that could seem very far away, you know, in Africa or Middle East or whatever. I mean, these are Europeans that we're seeing uh, being killed. This isn't a place, with all due respect, um, you know, like Iraq or Afghanistan. You know, this is a relatively civilized, uh, relatively European, I have to choose those words carefully too, uh, city where you wouldn't expect that or hope that it's going to happen. Wow. That was you choosing your words carefully? That was the careful version? So what were you gonna say if you weren't choosing your words carefully? I just hope the next time this happens, it happens back in the Middle East where it belongs. Like, here's the thing, people, here's the thing. Beyond the racism, right? Like, let, let's, let's forget the racism. Oh, how I wish we could forget about the racism. You do realize that until very recently, fighting crazy wars was Europe's thing. That was Europe's entire thing. That's all of European history. They even had something called the Hundred Years War. You understand how long that is? That's like a decade. They got a Nobel Prize because they stopped fighting. Imagine that. Now people are gonna be like, oh, to see this in, in Europe, to see this. Like, I'll tell you now, I don't know about you, but I was shocked to see how many reporters around the world, by the way, seem to think that it's more of a tragedy when white people have to flee their countries. Because I guess what, the darkies were built for it? I mean, you see how they run in the Olympics, Peter. Clearly God has given them this talent for a reason. I totally agree. I mean, even if this wasn't a war, these people would probably be fleeing their homes for fun. It's just who they are. (laughs) Back to you guys in the studio. We gotta figure that. Like, we gotta wrap our heads around the fact that just because you're seeing some blonde-haired, blue-eyed people involved in this doesn't mean this is worse than other times it's happened. This is the most immediate one. This is the one we need to deal with right now. But I don't think it's unfair to ask why we're so much more, you know, there's a lot of things at play, right? It's Russia and there's nuclear weapons on the other side and there's all kinds of stuff going on. But it's not unreasonable to sit back and go, why are we so much more sympathetic to these people? Yeah. And, and, and you struggle with that, right? And then why don't we send in troops if we're that upset about it, if mm-hmm. we're that mm-hmm. bunched about it? Um, it, it is the unprovoked, absolutely unprovoked attack yep. of one sovereign nation onto another, right? Mm-hmm. I think that is when you say, I, I, I was watching on Saturday night, the, a, a news feed and there was, it was this woman arriving in Poland and she's saying, I, I had a home, I had a job, I had, and, and I had to leave and I don't know why. Yeah. Some crazy man and yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. 
right? And I think we're all left, you know, you and I here, thousands of miles away, have that same feeling, yet people who are directly impacted by it. Well, I said to you last week on the show, and your answer was, but like, imagine being, and you said you can't. Sitting here in an otherwise peaceful, civilized city, just carrying on with your day, and tomorrow, the equivalent would be the Americans just go, yeah, fuck you, and start lobbing shit over the border, and you don't know. Your whole life is turned completely on edge. Your businesses are shut down. Maybe your home is whatever, the railways are collapsed because that's been bombed, whatever it might be. Suddenly, your world is just nothing like you knew it to be, and we, you cannot put yourself in that situation. It is unimaginable. Right. And it, that's why it's like, you see all kinds of people going, wow, we got to help, got to implement that no fly zone. And I don't think people understand what the fuck that means. No, they don't. You got to put planes in the sky to enforce that no Russian plane comes over Ukraine. If it does, you need to engage or the no fly zone means nothing. And right. the moment you engage, you're at war with Russia. There's escalation. Yeah. Yep. And now... You're listening to people say that what they're actually looking for is Romania, Bulgaria, Poland, those with MiGs, sort of Ukrainian pilots mm-hmm. trained that, that they're looking for more planes. They're looking for. And that does appear to be happening. I can't like, there's some weird trade happening today where like the Polish are going to give the Ukrainians their planes in exchange for Poland getting planes from America to replace them. Yeah. Like, doesn't all this feel extremely arbitrary? Yeah. The rules of war. Yeah. I'm willing to give you, Matt. Matt, you're under duress. Yeah. I'm not willing to step in and help you fight, but well, I'm- Here's a knife. But here's I'm, a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here, here's a flak jacket. Here's- And my opponent's like, well, you didn't technically break the rules. Like- yeah, He didn't step in and punch me. This is fucking war. It's yeah. so weird, man. And the rules of war, these are war crimes. It's fucking war. They're all crimes. Yeah. Yeah, it it all it just seems like these weird arbitrary lines drawn in the sand. And I'm not suggest like I said, I understand why you can't go past certain red lines, but it does mean a certain amount of accepting what's happening right now. You can keep sending everything you want until you don't until you step in, you're sort of allowing it to happen, but you also can't step like there's a certain amount of there are no good options here. Right. And, you, know, you, know, and you know what the good option is? I don't. Russia, Putin and, and the Russians to pull back. That'd be a great one. That's it. That's the only good option. There's a guy I've been following and he's studied this stuff for a long time. His name's Tom Nichols and he's pretty outspoken on, on Twitter about all of this. At Radio Free Tom, if you want to follow yourself. And he's sort of saying like, there are no good options here, but don't help Putin now. He's made a mistake. This is a mess. This is going to be, even if he does get in and conquer, which look, the the Ukrainians have done a fantastic job. It's been admirable. The Russians' advance has been completely bungled. Um, even if they do, and they likely will, get their shit together and, and do better in Ukraine, they will be stuck there facing insurgency and uprisings for a long time. The second that the United States or NATO or whoever else goes in there and gives Putin justification to go, hey, look, see, we told you it's them. 
and now he can declare nuclear war or whatever on these. Uh, you're helping him. Don't let him out of this quagmire that he's made for himself. And look, there's a lot of people saying maybe the guy's gone goddamn crazy and none of that matters. But politically, Biden and NATO have done this properly. You made this mess. You can sit there in it right now and get bogged down. And the argument that he might do something to NATO later is not a good enough argument to force him to do something to NATO now. Right. And, and it, and it, it really comes down to, you got to think once body bags start rolling back into Russia, which is a report earlier today that they were refusing bodies at the port. The Ukrainians were putting them on trains back to Russia and the Russians were stopping them. And yeah. That, that, pe- that Russian families that. who are uh, Russians who are already for a great part of this, not happy with what's happening That's here right. and understand for the, for the majority, yeah. understand that this is an unjust war. And, and now there's, there's financial sanctions, all these things like real impacts on average Russians. Yep. When you start to see brothers, fathers roll back in, in pine boxes or in body bags. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it ratchets up a whole nother level and, and I'm not ever wishing for that for anybody. I'm, I'm really not. But this is the situation where you have the, the desperate actions of a leader. You hope that that guy gets taken out from within more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, beyond that, we don't know what happens, right? No matter what you do at this point. The fallout is unknown and that's always the biggest question, but you are seeing it a ton. There was one video being circulated of a like guy looked like he was maybe 19 years old who surrendered to the Ukrainians, was taken hostage and the Ukrainians allowed him to phone his mom. Say, yeah, I'm here. This is what they're doing. This is how the Russians treated me. This is how the Ukrainians have treated me. This is what's happening here. And she's, she doesn't believe him, right? Like that. No. Like the misinformation is yeah, off the charts. Of all these sorts of things are just. Well, we talked about it before. Anytime. So you now have people who are, the Russians have said, anybody broadcasting information, not from, yeah. from us, yeah. the federal government, you can face up to 15 years in prison for fake news. You've seen the BBC, the CBC, CNN, Reuters stop reporting in Russia because they don't want to put their people in right. jeopardy. That's not good for us. That's not good for any, like you don't want real information to cease, but you can't put your reporters in, right. in danger. Well, in any like time, any time in any spot in the world, when, when that becomes the issue, Hey, if I am not the sole source of information for you, yeah, you're in jail. That's, you, you got to say, okay, that makes zero sense to me. It's rough, man. Cause the Russian people are being fed nothing but yeah, misinformation. For sure. The BBC have set up, they get like shortwave radio again, like back to like the ham, 1930s. Ham radio. Yeah. Like trying to broadcast in any way they can, real information. It's, uh, I don't know where we're going, man. And then well, I saw one report that said by early this week, like they've already committed 90% of their military to this. They haven't yet set in the, the air force in overwhelming numbers, but they're, you know, irresponsibly just throwing things around massive nuclear power plants and shit like that. It's scary, right? Zapparist. Yeah. And you just go, they, their economy and their military and financially, there was one report saying 
they might run out of ways to fund this by the middle of this week. Yeah. You know, on the face of it, that's good news, but you are also backing a crazy man further into a corner where he's only got so many options left. Right. And, and, and they look at, at, at that power plant, that nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia in southern yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. They're saying if that was to ever have any issues, that's a problem 10 times the size of Chernobyl. Right. But they did also, like when reading in the fall, the, yep. it was less likely to explode the way Chernobyl did. Yep. But if it did, the fallout, you're right. Yep. And that was one of the reasons to go, what are you doing? Yeah. For Russia. Like, yeah, that's going to blow over your land. For yeah. Me. And I don't care if you're shelling an outbuilding. No. Too close, man. Yeah. yeah. No, there's other ways to get in and take that over. Yeah. Well, and, and again, whether it's good or not, they now are in control of it, which means they don't shell it. No, right. And then- all that is, is we now control the power grid for this yep. area, right? Yep. We can turn off electricity. We can, one of the things you've read a hundred times is that the main reason the average Ukrainian can still get on Twitter or still text messages, the Russians need it. They need the Ukrainian internet and telephone yeah. infrastructure to stay up because they are so woefully unprepared for this, that they're still texting on them. They're still sending messages <laughs> back and forth that way. The first thing you would do when you invade a country is shut yep. down the power and shut down the communication, but not if you're holding your fucking iPhone five yeah. Yeah. Russian military <laughs> edition on the, their, their infrastructure. Which so. is actually called the iPhone five. <laughs> it's not an actual iPhone. No, of course. It's the knockoff, right? It's, yes. The, I remember actually reading an article. I have no idea if it was true or not. It was hilarious at the time that said in Russia, they were selling knockoff iPods. This is like in 2005 and they were called Podskis. Oh, like, yes, yeah, I, I pooed. Yes. <laughs> Man, I, it's, it's a mess. And, you know, every time you hear one thing that goes, hey, maybe they've kind of got a stalemate here or shut them, the, the counter punch is always K. So what does he do now? And the one thing that he has accomplished that I'm sure he never thought he would, both Finland and Sweden on side for the first time ever with joining NATO, you made Switzerland pick a side and put yeah. sanctions on Russia, which you've never seen before. NATO is united now like it hasn't been. Germany agreed to up its military, military. spending, which they, Since for pretty 19- obvious reasons... Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, no, it's, you don't need to be sorry. I cut you off. <laughs> yeah. Military uh, in, in Germany, Germany has, has, has activated their military like no time since 1945. Right. And it should not be surprising to you why Germany has been hesitant to militarize uh, once again. But all of these things, well, and, he's and, pushed in the wrong direction. And the Finns, a plucky little nation up there on the... On the, on the, on the edge of Russia yeah. who have long, long, you know, prided themselves in not being, you know, they, they, they took a lot of flack for allowing the Germans in, in 1940, in the forties, yep. because really everything about where you are geographically in Finland is, uh, do I get to kill Russians? Yes. <laughs> are you looking to kill Russians? Yes. Come on board. Right. right? So that is the Finnish backbone. So. But they have hesitated to join NATO because you would antagonize and all of a sudden it's up over 50% of Finns that are now ready to, the Swedes, same thing. 
yeah. that have been neutral all along. They're now sending weapons and and willing to increase their military spending and wanting to join NATO. Yep. If this was trying to weaken NATO, you've done a pretty piss poor job of it. You have united NATO like it hasn't been maybe since the day it was conceived. Right. North Atlantic, baby. 99, baby. On the grind, baby. Anything else here, ma'am? No, I think that's it, man. I'm, I'm good to go. We'll wind this one down here then. We are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Make sure you're subscribed and following wherever you're hearing us right now. There'll be more stuff to come later on in the week. Until then, for Rob, my name's Matt. Have yourselves a great week. We'll catch you next time. See ya! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.